Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. We are in Hosea chapter 5 today. 771 is the page number if you're in the Red Bible. Hosea chapter 5. Now, we are in the judgment section of this book. And God is, is now placing judgment upon Israel. Starting in verse 1, he says, Hear this, O priests. Pay attention, O house of Israel. Listen, O house of the king. For the judgment is for you, because you have been a snare at mitzvah, and a net spread over Tabor, and a pit dug deep in Shittim. But I will discipline them all. I know Ephraim in Israel is not hidden from me. For now, O Ephraim, you have played the whore. Israel is defiled. Now, God is now saying, he's in a sense naming names. Hear this, O priests. Pay attention, house of Israel. Listen, O house of the king. So he's naming names. The priests, the king, and all the leadership have been facilitating playing the whore. The king is supposed to lead the people. And the priests were spiritual advisors to the king. So the king and the priests were allowing idol worship. They were allowing things to go on that shouldn't have gone on. They were playing the whore. This judgment was for them. They were leading people astray. They were leading people astray. How does that apply to us today? Well, we as individuals and as collective bodies in churches can lead people astray. There was a, a news report of a church recently who changed something in their church and they were, they now pray to the spirit of the rainbow or something like that now. And it's all, and everybody is embracing it. Their denomination is embracing it. They are making it known that this is what they're doing now. They have gone, they're, by, the, by the way, their denomination, it, by letting it happen, their denomination is playing, allowing that denomination to play the whore because that denomination is leading people astray. Same thing what happened here. The king and the priests were leading people astray. They were, they were letting people go the way of the whore. And it says, for the judgment is for you because you, have, you are a snare at mitzvah. 
What do snares do? Snares trip you up, right? You trip up the people in Mitzvah. Your nets spread over Tabor. Nets trap. So they're trapped in the sin. And you're a pit dug deep in Shittim. So, what can you can't get out of a pit either? But I will discipline them all. So they're, they're trapping. They're, what they're causing is trappings for the people. And the judgment is for the leadership. I read a book years ago, a business book. I think I was in college, and I was required to read business leadership books. And one of the things, one of the principles was that everything rises and falls on leadership. If a company doesn't do well and there's a buyout of another company taking over the current company, the first thing they do is fire everybody in leadership from the top down. They might keep the workers, but they fire everybody in leadership because if it's doing poorly, there's something wrong with the leadership. It happened when, when uh, Big R was bought out by Stock and Field. Everyone from the top down was fired because if a company was doing well, they wouldn't need to sell, right? So everything rises and falls on leadership. Same thing here happens, happened here. The reason the people were going, to str going astray, the reason there was all the judgment was the leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So that begs the question to us. We are all, whether we want to believe it or not, we're all a leader of some sort. We're at least a teacher. But we're a leader at some, for some form, in, in some form to someone in our lives. And we're a teacher to people in our lives. And what we believe and how we approach those things, that can cause people to either follow Christ in a proper way or go a different way and think of something else, like praying to the spirit of the rainbow. Okay? So we have to think about that individually. And as a church, what do we stand for as a body? What does the denomination of the United Brethren in Christ stand for as a denomination? These are things that we have to think about from the leadership to the congregant because even though we're all congregants, I'm a congregant of the denomination, you're a congregant of my preaching and teaching. We have to think about that from leadership down to congregant. We're all a teacher or a, or, or a leader of someone. So we have to think about our doctrine, the way we do things, and how I want, if, if you read your Bible on a daily basis, who does that? Anybody do that on a daily basis, read your Bible? If you do, here's how I want you to approach it, okay? I want you to change it up. I want you to approach the Scripture as thinking, what does the Scripture actually say? Not how does it make me, what does it make me think of or what, what, what I think it's saying, but what does it actually say in context? What, is, what did the scripture actually say? And how you find that is by reading 
a not cherry picking verses and saying, oh, this means this, this means this. No, you take a verse and you read it, then you read the chapter, chapter four before it. If it's a short book, like in like an epistle, you can read the whole book and get an understanding. So if you get an understanding, then you know what God is saying about a particular subject. A great example is Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. We all talk about how great that chapter is, how great the fruit of the Spirit is. That is not what Paul is doing here. Paul is rebuking them because they're not having those nine fruits of the Spirit evident in their lives. So he's not encouraging them because they have the fruit of the Spirit. He's admonishing them because they're not invoking that in their lives. So they're not, it's not coming through in their spiritual lives. He's rebuking them for not having that. So you have to take everything in context. So you're not praying to the God of the rainbow or the princess of the rainbow, whatever it is, spirit of the rainbow. And if we, as teachers and leaders, can understand where that is in our lives and how that, how that applies to us individually, then we can lead people the proper way to following Christ. This was not happening in, with the priests and the king in Israel. They were doing what they felt was best in their own right and leading people astray. Hosea continues on. Their deeds do not allow them to return to their God. For a spirit of harlotry is in their midst, and they do not know the Lord. The pride of Israel testifies against him. Israel and Ephraim stumble in their iniquity. Judah also stumbles with them. With their flocks and with their herds they will go to seek the Lord, but they will not find him. He has withdrawn from them. They have dealt faithlessly with the Lord, for they have given birth to illegitimate children. Now the new moon will devour them along with their portions. portion. Now, judgment. Their deeds do not allow them to return to God. How many times have we been... I became a Christian at 23. I don't know when any of you did. But you remember, I, I can remember, and I want you to remember what it was like prior to that, prior to following God. What did you rely on? Normally, people rely on self. People rely on self-resilience, self, uh, um, your, your resourcefulness, things like that. People rely on that. They rely on self. They don't need God. That's why something had to happen spiritually and emotionally in us to want us to turn to God. So then, now what happens? We're turning, we're walking with God. Something happens in our lives. We turn back to that way of life we went, where we came from and we're trapped again. We're in that snare. We're in that pit. We're in that net and we can't get out. And that in itself causes us to not return to God. Our sin 
causes us to not return to God. Why is that? Because we're ashamed, some of us. We think, well, God can't love me. I've, I've messed up. Like, I've messed up. I've gone too far. Some people are, I don't care. I don't want to return to God. I like the way I'm living. I like living in my sin. That's why I have issues with megachurches. Now, not all megachurches are this way, but some megachurches don't speak about judgment and sin and how um, things like that can cause you to get away from God. They talk about, oh, it's all good. You're all good with God and God's all good with you. You can live the way you want to live. Some of them, not all of them. But it's, it's allowing people to stay in their sin. And if you allow people to stay in their sin, it is not going to let them, not going to get them back to God. For the spirit of harlotry is in their midst, and they do not know the Lord. So think about, for lack of a better analogy, think about the children of Israel, the, the state of Israel, the, you know, and the priests and the kings as a mega church. You have the pastor the king, well, the king should be Jesus, but in this, in this hierarchy, the king is the pastor and you have all these associate pastors and all these ministers. Those are the priests and they are to then minister to the congregants and lead the congregants in a way that they're following God closer every single day. God is closer to them, clo clo closer to them today than they were yesterday by their leadership and their example, right? Because they don't do that, in, in context here, the kings and the priests, harlotry sets in or sin or iniquity or idolatry sets in. And it's because in this day, I don't know what it would have been, but in 2023, well, we need to get more numbers. We need to have more programs. We need to have more, more youth stuff. We need to have more, and you get busy, and sometimes you prostitute your own congregation, your own church out for the sake of being bigger, for bringing in more, for having more congregants, more people. And that is not going to help grow the ones you have. That is going to only cause them to become weak and follow in the same footsteps as the leadership. And that's what was happening here. They were not allowed in their own feelings, in their own spirits to return to God because of their deeds and because of the spirit of harlotry in the midst. And then, and then eventually you don't know the Lord. It becomes about the work of the church and not the presence of God. The worship service no longer is worship. It is the entertainment or the performance. It's no longer worship. The church service is no longer called a church service it's called the meeting. Yes, we're having a meeting, but we call it a church service. Semantics, maybe. But it, it has a different feel when you call it we're coming together in the Lord. We're not just going to a meeting. We're going to worship God together. There's a difference there. 
It becomes about the business of the church and not the will of God. Therefore, harlotry, therefore you begin to not know the Lord. The pride of Israel testifies against him. Israel and Ephraim, Israel and Ephraim stumble in their own iniquity. They stumble. It's, it's an iniquity thing. You know what the difference between a sin and an iniquity is? A sin is something that happens once in a while. You struggle with sin. You struggle with something. Pull out whatever you think in your head. You struggle with something. And iniquity is when you struggle with something, you repent, but then you go back to it again. And you repent, you go back to the same thing again. And it happens again and again and again and again and again. That's an iniquity. Because after a while, what happens is you begin to not care. You begin to not repent. Because it's become second nature. It's become part of who you are. That's an iniquity. A sin is something you struggle with from time to time. And iniquity is something you can't put down. You can't let go of. So this is something, the, the harlotry, the way of their life, the way they were doing things in the, from the leadership down was iniquity. And they were stumbling all the time. With their flocks, their, with their flocks and their herds, they will go to seek the Lord, but, I won't, but they will not find him. In our iniquity, we cannot find God. The only way God can hear us is if we repent. If we think we're a-okay, we're going to go do what we want to do, and we think we're okay with God, when we need God, we're not going to find Him because we failed to repent. We have failed to turn to God. We thought our own way was the way. And the leadership should have told them the difference. But the leadership was also falling away. So we must not fall away. He goes on. He, being God, has withdrawn from them. They have dealt faithlessly with the Lord, for they have given birth to illegitimate children. Now the new moon will devour them along with their portion. God will withdraw from them, has withdrawn from them. They will not find him. There is no protection from God. They are left to their own devices because they've dealt faithlessly with God, because they've lived a life of service for the sake of service. They lived a life of busyness and church work than worship and they've lost sight of God, and God has lifted his hand from them, and he's walked away from them. The only thing to get him back is repentance. The only thing to get God back is to repent for the sin. Go to God with a true heart. Go to God with a heart that is broken in repentance. That is the only way Israel is ever gonna go back to God in this situation. Verse 8, blow the horn of Geba and the trumpet of Ramah. Cry aloud at beth -Avan. Look behind you, O Benjamin. Ephraim will become desolate in the day of punishment. 
Among the tribes of Israel I make known that which is sure. The princes of Judah have become like those who remove a boundary marker. Upon them I will pour out my wrath like water. Ephraim is oppressed and broken in judgment because he eagerly followed after vanity. Therefore, I will be like pus to Ephraim and like rottenness to the house of Judah. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, then Ephraim went to Assyria and sent to King Jerob, yet he cannot cure you or heal your wound. For I will be like a lion in Ephraim, I'll be like a young lion in the house of Judah. I myself will tear and go away. I will carry off and no more will rescue. I will again return to my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. This is God's desire is that in our midst, what does all that say? He's talking about judgment. He's talking about they have done so much, I'm going to be, they're going to have nothing to look forward to. Everything is going to be gone. I'm going to lift my protection. I'm going to lift my presence. I'm going to lift my hand. And they're going to be dealing with their own excuses, their own circumstances. I am not going to help them anymore until... They seek his face. They acknowledge their offense and they seek his face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. So what does that say? We see this in, in Romans 1. I've said this multiple times in this series. Romans 1, God did the same thing. Left them to their reprobate minds in the hopes that they would come back to him seeing the error of their ways call out upon God, and God would restore them. That is what God is saying here. He will, not, he will not be with them. He will walk away from them. He will not have, they will not have his protection. Nothing else can cure them but God. Nothing else can heal them spiritually or physically but God. And he is not going to do anything until they see the error of their ways and acknowledge their offenses and turn back to him. That's what that's saying. He is not going to help them. He is not going to be there until they turn and go back to him. Acknowledge their sin and go back to him. What is that called? Repentance. In repentance, we acknowledge our sin. We acknowledge we've done wrong. We acknowledge those things. And when we acknowledge those things, there is a brokenness or should be a brokenness. There should be a repentance. There should be a brokenness. There should be a woefulness in our spirit that we have offended God, that we have walked away from the spirit. As my pastor used to say, we've walked away from the spot where the glory comes out. We've walked away from those things. And our, we realize when we walk away from those things, we don't have the protection of God. We don't have 
the hand of God protecting us. We don't have the Spirit of God leading us and directing us in the right way. We are meandering through life just like the children of Israel meandered in the desert for 40 years. We're meandering through life thinking we're going the right way. Just like the children of Israel thought they were going the right way. What did they do? They went in circles for 40 years. Because God was not going to deal with them until they acknowledged their sin. Until they acknowledged their need to follow him. As Moses followed him. We need to follow God as God leads us. Not our own way. And what was happening in Judah and in Ephraim and all these places was the king and the leadership and the priests were going their own direction. They were, God was saying go one way, they were going another way. And going another way causes us, causes them to do things they shouldn't have done. Mindsets, ways of thinking that were not of God. And the people were following the priests because that's who they're supposed to follow. Right? They're supposed to follow the priest. They're supposed to follow the king. So they're putting all their trust in the fact and in the knowledge the priests and the king have in God. And they're all the knowledge and all their, they're putting all their faith in the knowledge of these people. And these people are not leading them in the right direction. So here goes the nation of Israel. Right off the deep end into the pit or into the snare, or under the net, right off the deep end. Just like today, 2023, pastors and denominations are like that. So many people in the church, across the board, don't have a daily devotional life. They don't read the Bible every day. They don't pray. They don't seek God. They don't learn. Why? Because the pastor or the denomination is telling them what to believe and how to believe it. Is that the fault of the pastor? No. What is the fault of the pastor or the denomination is when you know there are people that are just following you. Is your responsibility, my responsibility, anybody who pastors a church or is in leadership in a denomination, it is our responsibility to make sure we're following God so they're following God as low as we are. Right? And in this day and age, it was a little bit different because the common folk weren't allowed to go to the temple or go to the, go to the, um, the, 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 the Holy of Holies and all that. They had to just listen to the priests. They had to do what the priests said. That's why I said they're putting all their faith in the priests, that they're following God as they're supposed to. That's what's happening here. Now, what does that put us? Where does that put us? There's the, the, the responsibility of my walk with God is on me. The responsibility of your walk with God is not on me. It's on you. You have a responsibility. If you want to follow God, you have a responsibility as an individual to walk with God, to read the Bible on a daily basis, to begin a devotional journey 
with God on a daily basis, to talk to God on a daily basis, to study God's word. That is our responsibility as individuals. It is not on me for, for an individual's devotional life or prayer life. It is not on me. I am responsible for me. I am responsible for you and your learning and your understanding of the scripture. But as far as your individual walk with God, that is your responsibility. If I choose or if you choose to walk out those four doors and say, heck with it, I am not going to read the Bible, I am not going to pray, I am not going to do anything like that. That is not on you if I choose to do that, and that is not on me if you choose to do that. That is, your, that is our individual responsibilities. Now, we need to not be like Ephraim and all those other places. We need to not be like the priests we need to not be like the king. We need to be individuals who seek God, who trust in God, who do that which God wants us to do. It's our responsibility. It's not anybody else's. That's what I always said. It's always said years. I've said it for years. The United, the United Brethren in Christ is not going to save you. I am not going to save you. The sign out in the front that says United Brethren in Christ gives our hours and says Reverend Joshua DeNoyer is not going to save you. It is your responsibility to go to God and ask for, for, for forgiveness and repent for the sins in our lives. It's individual responsibilities, not denomination responsibilities. It is not the pastor's responsibility to save you. It is your responsibility to go to God yourself and ask for forgiveness. That's what they were not doing. This is what they were not doing. They were not telling the individuals that it's their responsibility. They didn't have salvation as we know it today back then. But they weren't teaching them rightly. So it behooves us as individuals, pastors and congregants, to make sure we're teaching and rightly because as I said in the beginning, we all are teachers or leaders of someone. We're all leaders and teachers of someone. We talked about this in Sunday school, Paul's letter, I believe it was 1 Corinthians, wasn't it, Sandy? Yeah. 1 Corinthians, read 1 Corinthians. Paul talks about, Paul talks about what, it's supposed to, what you're supposed to be like. As a, as a believer, as an individual who follows Christ. It's in 1 Corinthians. We're not supposed to just fly by the seat of our pants and hope that Pastor Josh said the right stuff. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to seek it out, study it for ourselves. If we have internet, which some of us probably don't, but if we have access to, to commentary books, read. Read what the commentators say about Hosea. Or if you have a laptop or something you can look at the internet, look at the internet and see 
You can get all those things online. Look at the internet and see what it says about Hosea and the teachings in Hosea to make sure what I'm saying is true. That's important. Don't just rely on me to hopefully tell you the truth. Find it out for yourselves. That's what they did in the old that, that's what they did in the New Testament. The Bereans did that with Paul. They sought things daily to make sure what he said was so. So we need to be Bereans. That's how you don't end up in the same predicament that all these other places were in Hosea. Following God, following the way of Christ, learning, praying, seeking, talking to God, studying, showing up for church. I know I don't have a problem with people showing up for church, but showing up for church. <clears throat> That's what we're called to do. Amen? So your homework assignment this week is this. Go before God. You read your Bible. I want you to pray through your Bible. Pray through your scripture. Oh, now, well, I don't mean read it and pray and read it and pray. But ask God to help you understand it as you read it. I don't know where you're at in your, in your devotions. I'm in, I do like four or five different sections. So I'm in the Psalms and I'm in the Proverbs and I'm in uh, the Old Testament, I'm in the New Testament. But wherever you're reading from, ask God to help you understand it. And as you begin to understand it, make sure that it's so. Study it out. That's your assignment for this week. Amen. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy. I pray that you'd be with us and minister to us by your spirit. Help us to do that which you want us to do. Help us to be Bereans. Help us to trust you and not trust ourselves and our circumstances, but to trust you. And Lord, I pray you'd minister to us today and you'd bless us by your spirit. And we thank you for that and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.